Welcome to Locked On NFL, the number one daily National Football League podcast on the number one daily sports podcast network. I am Brian Peacock alongside the scout Matt Williamson. You can find me on Twitter at BDPeacock. You can find Matt at Williamson NFL. That's the place to get those Twitter Thursday questions in for tomorrow's show. You can find this podcast on all of your favorite podcast apps, just like every program here on the Locked On Podcast Network. News is starting to slow down, actually, as free agency officially opens. So a lot of these deals becoming official today, but we know pretty much all the deals. There's still a few free agents out there. There's still some deals to be done, some trades Still happening to get into today that we'll talk about, Matt. I think we have to start, though, with Tom Brady. And it was being rumored yesterday at this time that looking like the Bucks, and he was officially leaving New England, and now that's a done deal. Not quite officially yet, but it will soon be a done deal officially and inked onto paper Tom Brady to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, it's just massive news, obviously. I mean, I think a lot of us saw this coming um, certainly yesterday, and if not sooner. But first of all, I mean, the bad is obviously his age. I think he handled pressure much worse last year, and I thought he missed a much higher percentage of throws than he had in previous years. I also think if you're the Bucks, well, you better be in the market for a young quarterback, too. <laughs> you know, like this, your quarterback situation isn't complete now. Maybe you can wait till next offseason whatever, but it it puts you in a bind in terms of the long-term for your quarterback situation. Okay, fair enough. Um, But what I think is super interesting is, is Arians going to ask Brady to be Luck, Palmer, Ben, seven-step drops, hold the ball in the pocket, drive the ball down the field, no risk it, no biscuit. I think Brady is still a pretty good deep thrower and they'll definitely take their shots, but I don't think there's any chance that's the way the Bucs play football. I mean, Arians might have an ego. I'm sure Arians has an ego. Brady has an ego, but the smart move is Tom, let's install the way you played with the Patriots. A lot of play action, a lot of pre-snap movement, two tight ends, crossers, um, quick hitting throws, take our shots you know, use your mind to become John Stockton, the point guard. I'm looking at the stats here, and I, I wanted to go back to Tom Brady's statistics just to see how long it took him to accumulate 30 interceptions because that's what James Winston <laughs> threw last year. How many right, years right. do you think it took Tom Brady to get 30 interceptions? Has he thrown 30 over the last three years combined? Probably not. Four years. Four years. Well, actually, I take it back. You'd have to go into the fifth year. So the last four years, 2016 through 2019, Tom Brady's thrown 29 interceptions to 113 touchdowns. So you know, just, wow. just by taking care of the ball, like how good would last year's Tampa Bay Buccaneers with what they had on the outside of receiver, with the way their defense played, and they have a good roster, what would their record be with Tom Brady last year at quarterback? Just that one change. I mean, they they were a playoff okay. team, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, people forget they were seven and nine. They weren't, you know, five and eleven. They were not a game behind five hundred. Traditionally, they've been very bad on special teams. They were quite good last year on special teams, or at least much improved. I read this today that I've been kind of praising the Bucks defense with Todd Bowles. Again, I was with him with the Browns that is maybe the most underrated unit in the league because they were amongst the worst in points allowed. But by football outsiders metric, they were the fourth best DVR uh, defense in the league. They were just putting such binds all the time with the turnovers. 
And, and oh, by the way, Tampa never ran the ball and didn't help them with time possession and things like that, too. So this defense, I mean, it brings back both their edge guys. Uh, the back seven's basically the same. I mean, I, I look at the Bucs and think if if Brady was, to your question, I think they win 10 or 11 games last year with Brady. That's amazing. And and they're still not yeah. done. And I, I think they could still do something at running back. I saw a graphic that showed, you know, Brady's new weapons in Tampa Bay. And I mean, it's awesome to have Mike Evans on the outside with Chris Godwin. And I feel like they're going to add another at least one or two more short white guys right to the wide receiving core because I did. Maybe I just or Antonio like, Brown. Right. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe Antonio Brown that I could see that happen. I mean, that would be crazy, but the guy maybe who is the biggest winner so far in the first three days now of the tampering and now into actual free agency is maybe OJ Howard. Like he might have life left after all. I, I think so. I mean, he, he deserves some of the blame last year. But he's immensely talented. He was a very good blocker coming out of Alabama. At worst, you know what you're getting with Cameron Brait. I mean, I think you're going to see those two on the field a lot. This could be a huge breakout O.J. Howard year. And again, I mean, we've talked some draft, but I really think even before Brady, there was a very good chance that the Bucks got one of those tackles that fall to him in the middle of the first round, early to mid first round. And then they get almost their running back a choice. So if they get a franchise left tackle and J.K. Dobbins, I mean, that's not unrealistic for where they pick. Or or Edwards Hilaire, you know, I mean, at worst. That's quite a complete offense and gives Brady exactly what he needs. Here's a question for you. And I was looking around at some of the old photos because I saw somebody Photoshop, Photoshop Tom Brady into a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform, and it just does not look right at all. And I was trying to think which quarterbacks at the end of their careers looked the most strange in that new uniform. You go back to Johnny Unitas in a Chargers uniform, Joe Namath in a Rams uniform. Yeah. Uh, I mean, more recently there was Peyton Manning, but he won a Super Bowl with the Broncos. So I feel like maybe since it was more recent or we saw more of it, it seemed normal because it was more than just one weird season at the end of his career. Uh, Brett Favre moving on from the Packers was weird to see him wearing purple. And then even with the Jets, too, on top of that, Joe Montana with the Chiefs, although he played pretty well and was still maybe the best quarterback in the league when he was traded. So it's a little bit different scenario. Got traded about 10 years sooner than Tom Brady. How would you power rank those uh, of Late, late career quarterbacks changing uniforms from strangest looking to the least strange. I think Tom Brady might lead that heap. He might, and I hope he doesn't end up as Namath. And I worried he did, but boy, I like this landing spot. And and the nest around him, I think, is really strong, uh, especially if they do go tackle running back. I mean, Rivers in the Colts uniform is in this conversation, too. I mean, we can't ignore that. Um, I think... Manning and Montana are in their own class because they did really well in stop number two and were still high-end, high-quality players. They weren't shells of themselves. How about some weird ones, though? Like you mentioned Favre and Purple, but there was Favre and Green, too. Or <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I Warner was... had to sit in New York with the Giants. That's an odd one. Yeah, Warren Moon uh, at the end of his career, there, there's d- definitely been a few, and uh, and most of them didn't turn out that well. So that's that's yeah. like the cautionary part of this. And and they were all younger than Brady. The the photo that blows me away is oh, the everybody's one everybody's younger than Brady. Yeah. <laughs> the the Johnny Unitas photo of him. He's he's two years or 
I guess he's three years in the photo, younger than Brady will be next year. He's 40 years old when he played his one last year with the Chargers. He looks like he's 65 years old in that photo. It's amazing. Yeah. He looks like somebody's dad. Somebody. He looks like Tom Brady's dad right now versus, you know, I mean, it's it's pretty amazing what Tom Brady's been able to do just from uh, a, a youthfulness standpoint. Like Keep whatever he's doing, the avocado yeah. ice cream, the workouts, the TB12 method, there's something to it because for him to even still be playing at this level right now and for any team to want him in the league at 43 years old is pretty amazing. Yeah, go look at, uh, I mean, your United one's a great example, but go do a search for Ken Stabler in a Oilers jersey. Doesn't look like Brady. <laughs> a little different lifestyle. Oh, that's a good one, Kenny Stabler. <laughs> that's a nice pull there, yeah. And a lot of these were, you know, they're still weird. Like, I never watched Johnny Unitas play. He was well done before I was born, but sure, I don't, you don't associate him with the Chargers. You see that photo and you're like, who's this old guy wearing a football uniform? It's pretty amazing. So, oh yeah, here we go. Stabler in an Oilers jersey. Yeah, he looks pretty well done. Oh, some nice long <laughs> hair sticking out the back of his helmet too. Oh yeah, gray beard. And oh yeah, he had he didn't he didn't cheat himself at night. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, let's. You, you mentioned Rivers. We got to talk about Rivers and the Colts. We've got to talk mm-hmm. about Cam and what's going on in Carolina right now. And there's some other moves, trades, and signings happening around the NFL next. Matt, I know you are a fan of Jacoby Brissett. So at we talked about how old Tom Brady is. He's what four years older than than uh, Philip Rivers. I think he might still have more in the tank than Rivers, though. At this point in Rivers' career, where do you think he's at? How much of an upgrade is Jacoby Brissett to Philip Rivers in Indianapolis, and does that put the Colts over the top? I don't know if it puts them over the top, but I, I, I like the move, I suppose. I worry about it. And I'm still a Brissett supporter and felt like he, he took more blame than he deserved last year. I thought he played the season with a lot of injuries, and they had no weapons by the last two months of the year, basically. If Hilton wasn't healthy, he had no one to throw to. So I don't know that it would have gone drastically better if Rivers, who turns the ball over at a nearly Winston-like fashion, I mean, at least in that, that maybe the tier below him, would have been the Colts quarterback last year. I don't know that goes dramatically better for the Colts, but I am a huge Rivers supporter over his career. I mean, I've gotten off that bandwagon of late, but I am very excited to see him protected. You know, I mean, that line now returns totally intact. I think he has been a great distributor of the football, particularly to the running backs, you know, really knows when to dump it off, gets those guys in space well. So that bodes well for a Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines. I think that they will probably add some other receiver of note. Maybe it's that early second round pick and it's Mims or somebody like that. And I could see Paris Campbell coming along well this year too. But I don't know that they have enough firepower to hang with the top teams in the AFC. Um, Defense is good, not great. I think the offense will be good, not great. The latest report of Cam Newton says that the expectation now is that Cam will be released rather than traded. And it seems crazy to me that with all of Cam Newton's talent and relatively low pay, $17 million for what we're seeing. I mean, the Panthers paid Teddy Bridgewater more money and he's less talented physically than Cam Newton. So has never produced to his level. 
Uh, the health thing is hanging over his head. Maybe that changes it, right? But CBS reporting that the expectation now is that Cam gets released rather than traded in the coming days. But there's still some chatter with the Bears potentially talking trade with the Panthers about Cam. Cam's very, very interesting to me because even on his best day, his healthiest day, he's not for everyone. You know, like you have to make a commitment, not a Lamar-like commitment, but he's such a unique physical specimen that you need to tailor your offense around him. He's not plug and play for everybody. And you and I were talking before we hit record is today's inability to bring him in for a physical, I mean, all this craziness that's going on in the world. Does that hurt his cause? If this was a year ago, might he already have been in a couple buildings getting medical checked and, you know, talking with coaches and things. I, I bet that's a factor to some degree. To your point, $18 million for what Cam can be is cheap. And in the end, if he gets released, that's a shame because the Panthers don't even get a comp pick for that in a year from now. Um, but I think there's a really good chance he ends up in Chicago, as you mentioned, and or Washington. You know, his head coach is in Washington right now. Haskins isn't out of the woods. I mean, I, I think they're very different quarterbacks. They look similar. They're big and strong, but Haskins doesn't run like Cam, but Cam's better than Haskins right now. So I think those are the two landing spots where he ends up eventually. And I think either one of those teams probably gets him on the cheap without having to give up a pick because he's probably going to get released. And that might happen as soon as tomorrow. And lastly, I still think the Chargers are interesting looming out there. Is that going to be Jameis? Is that going to be none of the above and just draft Herbert or something? You know, like that's a, that's a, one of the musical chairs that I think is an attractive one to sit in. Yeah, the Chargers is one that's hard to wrap your head around right now because where they're at, they're, they still seem like they're a team that should be trying to compete. They have that number six pick in the draft. They could get sniped right in front of them with some teams drafting quarterbacks ahead of them. So they can't count exactly on what quarterback is going to be there, but you'd think they'd be able to draft somebody. Maybe it's Herbert. Uh, who knows? Maybe Tua does slide. will be so interesting to see how teams feel about Tua in this current environment. Will those trade-up scenarios happen at the top of the draft? After Brady, what quarterback makes them better than what they already have in-house right now? Cam Newton makes some sense. There are some other quarterbacks. I mean, Jameis Winston, I don't know if that really helps them over just rolling with Tyrod Taylor. So that's an interesting one. And if if Newton does get released, he and Jameis Winston seem like the odd men out right now with the money spent mm -hmm. on quarterbacks and who's going to... Who's going to spend that money because Newton deserves what he's being paid now, and it's not even that much. If he waits and, you know, after the quarantine and everything, if he's healthy, because I think that's the one thing that hurts him with the trade, if he passes his physically, he looks good, and he's healthy, he should be getting more money than, than Teddy Bridgewater, right? And he should probably get more money oh, than he's yeah. actually getting paid in this trade. So if a team, without going through a physical trades for him, they might be getting a, a slam and deal. Absolutely. I mean... I, I think that Winston and Newton have two massive red flags in that you just threw 30 picks and I don't know if you're healthy. You know, th those two are hard to overcome right now when there's a lot of other options out there. But if all of a sudden there's not that many options out there or Newton's red flag goes away, I think he quickly becomes in demand again. And I keep coming back to the Chargers and now New England, you know, I mean, could New England go with Cam and draft the um, Jalen Hurts and, and just 
play for offense totally different than we've ever seen? Maybe. Okay, Matt, you are the GM in New England. You're having a meeting with Bill Belichick, and Bill says, Matt, what quarterback do you recommend that we bring in today? You have trade options. You have free agent options. You could stand pat. You can go into the draft. What quarterback makes the most sense to you right now in New England? Well, I think you have to ask two questions. I mean, and this is only between Bill and I. I guess Mr. Kraft can sit in. He owns the team. We'll, <laughs> let him, we'll let him hang out. Are we really still a contender? You know, like I'm around the Steelers, and they, I mean, they very much believe that they will never rebuild, that the standard is the standard. You know, like there's teams that just don't look at it that way that, hey, we're not going to win it this year. And I think New England's probably in that boat. Like Belichick, you're not going to sell him. We're going to go six and 10. We're going to get draft picks. We're going to dump our guys. You know, like that probably doesn't fly when Bill's there. So let's assume we're in it to win it as always. So now what's our best approach of how to play offense? We have a defense in place. You can't forget about that. We know we're going to be good on special teams and we need to put weapons around whatever style offense we decide. I think in the end you say, it's not Brady, but I think you keep this approach. Josh McDaniels is still our offensive coordinator. Are we going to teach him new tricks too? I'm Coach Belichick. You've been doing this a long time. Do you want to totally reinvent how we play offense? Let's give the Raiders a call about Derek Carr. Wow. Okay. Derek Carr. That's an interesting name. I, I wasn't really considering that because I'd, I'd thought that maybe the Raiders would be done. And they're like, you know what? Let's go with Carr. And we have a backup plan now in Mariota, who it looks like both Gruden and Mayock liked in the draft to see if they can salvage something mm-hmm. there. But do you think you could make that deal? And what would you be offering the Raiders if you're going for someone like Derek Carr? And would jo- Jacoby Brissett now be somebody that back in New England would make some sense? They obviously liked him enough to draft him and develop him. They know him well. He's on the, He has to be on the outs with the Colts because they've chosen another player over him and they should likely, I mean, if you're in Indianapolis, you're probably still trying to draft a quarterback and develop somebody for post-Rivers, and it would be really odd to say, we like this quarterback, we want someone better than Brissett, but we still like Brissett so much that we're going to pay him and wait to play him later. Jacoby Brissett is an interesting one to me for New England. It is to me too, and I almost went down that road, and I'm just sitting there thinking, two things made me stumble on that one is, if I'm a Patriot fan right now, and I just said, I'm in it to win it, and I'm going to grab Jacoby Brissett after the year he had, that doesn't instill great confidence that we're going to win the East again. You know, like, I need somebody that has a little bit better track record than that if we're going to go all in yet again. And then the other thing is, I just thought it'd be harder to pry him away because, to your point, I mean, is he expendable or not? If the Colts still had a first-round pick that might turn into Jordan Love, then I think they're move on from Brissett, go draft one that's under Rivers. But this year, I kind of think that they stick with those two and hope that Brissett still has long-term value for them. The Colts is a sneaky one because I was doing a mock draft yesterday after some of the dust had settled, and I was actually looking at the Colts because they have an extra second-round pick. If you trade Brissett, get another pick there, whatever it would be, a mid-rounder or something, they could package enough picks to get back in the first round, potentially still go get Jordan Love if he's there in the 20s or you know falls toward the end mm-hmm. of the first round. So that's still an interesting team to me that, that I wouldn't count out getting back into the first round, even though they already traded their first rounder to the 49ers. Just right. a little side note there. 
And, and the extra second is the Redskins pick, which is like 34. You know, I mean, right. it's, it's not far from the first round, and you don't have to go up that far. Yeah, they could very easily, just with their two second rounders they have right now, get into the first mm-hmm. round. And it could be maybe for a wide receiver, which they would need, but I think they might hit that on the free agent market too. So interesting team in the Colts. They're obviously going all in with the veteran quarterback, the big trade for DeForest Buckner. Uh, it's a very interesting team right now in the AFC, really trying to get strong. And um, man, New England, they it's done, right? There, there was even, I think it was the mayor of, and look, I'm never going to count out Bill Belichick, but with that roster, the way it's, I mean, the, the, the roster is not in great shape in New England right now. And I think it was the mayor of Buffalo who, during his coronavirus speech, telling people not to go out, not to go to bars, he's like, if you want to go celebrate Tom Brady leaving the Patriots, don't go out to the bars and go out in public right now. And it's like, that's on the mind of everybody. <laughs> Imagine being a Buffalo Bills fan in the AFC East. And finally, Brady moves on. How great you feel with your team on the come up right now. Don't you think that Vegas odds are going to have the Bills as the clear choice in that division? Absolutely, by far. And I would be wondering to see yeah. what Vegas has for New England because it's hard to argue, aside from Bill Belichick, how they're going to be anywhere near a playoff team. And who knows, maybe maybe the right way to go for New England is say, and they've said they like Stidham, and of course that's what they're going to say, go with Stidham, see what you have. Maybe you get lucky, maybe he's amazing, maybe you did develop yourself the next great quarterback. But if not, and you go completely in the tank, I mean, why not just do it again for another 20 years, get that number one overall pick and draft Trevor Lawrence? I hear you. I mean, to me, that might be the move. And they did some strange things like, you know, they've dumped a couple guys. They haven't brought back all their own. You could trade Tooney for picks. You know, you could get young pretty quick and try to rebuild this thing from the floor up. Although I know this is, tinfoil hat stuff but we were just talking Colts Rivers is there what if Andrew Luck wanted to come back I like (laughs) I just think Belichick is the emperor and has all the strings he's Don Corleone I mean like he maybe he knows that Luck is getting the itch again plug him right in and don't miss a beat somehow I mean I'm sure you'd have to compensate the Colts but at this point they have their guys you know so I don't know I, I just keep coming back to that like I will never sell Belichick short or a schemer. I don't know where is where Andrew Luck is right now, and I, I picture him being in the mountains somewhere with the facial hair getting so large and overcoming his face to where you wouldn't recognize him if he if you passed him, uh, you know, at the general store. But right. I wonder how he feels. And at some point, if Luck and I thought we might hear a whisper about it this offseason, we've heard nothing about it. Maybe next year at this time, maybe he's truly done. But that name looms for me too, and it's very interesting. And whether it's New England or somewhere else, if he gets the itch, uh, that will be. That will be wild to see uh, the the Andrew Luck sweepstakes and what happens there and what his situation is even with his contract. And he got paid out pretty well, even though he retired from the Colts. And if the Colts would still have his rights, I don't even know how any of that works. Uh, that would be just uh, to turn the NFL on his head to throw Andrew Luck in the mix right now. Right. And in the end, I bet it's Andy Dalton or somebody in New England and nothing super exciting. And Belichick will really have to bite and claw to get his team to eight wins and maybe with seven teams getting in the playoffs that's good enough but uh, I think you know the king is dead on the surface the Andy Dalton thing makes too much sense you know a veteran quarterback they can get a lot more out of Andy Dalton than what Cincinnati's been able to get out of him but it also to me doesn't it doesn't achieve what you would want to achieve if you're the Patriots you want to be so bad that you can be great later or you want to be still great now and go win a bunch of games and 
Bill Bell, I, <laughs> the thought ran through my head when you talked about it earlier when we were role playing it and you were the GM talking to Bill Belichick and you, the fact that you would even consider that the team is not going to be good, I can imagine the stare that Bill Belichick would give you. Right. right? Like he I don't wants want to, to walk into that room with that, yeah. <laughs> with that attitude. He wants to win every single game. So right. a tank job would not happen because Bill Belichick wants it to happen. It would happen because it was just a natural. Um, you know, just uh, naturally their their roster got into that sort of shape and he didn't have anybody to, that played well at quarterback. But uh, I can't imagine Bill Belichick's going to lose enough games, no matter how his roster looks or who's playing quarterback, to be drafting number one overall. But Andy Dalton makes a lot of sense and he'll win them enough games to where they're probably a 500 team still. Yeah, hey, hey, Bill, you know, I mean, I know your career winning percentage is unbelievable <laughs> and what if we go two and fourteen the next two years? You mind tacking on twenty eight wins to your or twenty eight losses to your career record with four wins intact, and then you can retire and Josh McDaniels can coach Trevor Lawrence. Uh, <laughs> that probably doesn't go over yeah. so well. I don't think he wants to go out like that. Or hey, it's like you know what? You worked so hard, Bill. Why don't you take a year off? Go into the tropics. We'll let Josh coach this thing with Stidham for a year. You come back. We'll draft you a new quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he's a real hands off guy. <laughs> All right, let's see here. They're oh, here's, a super interesting team, though. And, oh, I mean, and yeah. They might be the most interesting team now. Absolutely. And and they've been blessed for so long. I think the New England Patriots fan base, and almost annoyingly, they would root for a tank job for one year for Trevor Lawrence, right? Like, mm-hmm. as, as if they, as, as if it's owed to him, you know? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe. Uh, I mean, I bet, I mean, I don't think he has any resources to do it. But with the Saban connection, I bet Bill would go all in on Tua. I mean, that's the guy that you would trust. You know, maybe, I don't know how he could do it, but I bet he'd love to get his hands on Tua. Let's see, Tua. So Tua would have to fall out of the top five for sure. The Patriots are at 23 right right now. They have extra picks as they always do. Next year's first for sure. So next year's first plus 23. They have two extra third rounders they got as comp picks, and those can be traded now. They could get there. They could get to. Here's the thing: throw, throw in Tooney. Yeah, Tooney, who's on the the franchise tag right now, so he could be tagged and traded. And I'm sure one of those teams would love to have a stud offensive lineman. Maybe Miami. Maybe you could get all the way to number five if Miami decides they want to go a different direction at quarterback. Yeah, two, I mean, I just think that the the Bama connection. You could redshirt Tua for the year while he learns, build other things. You know, whatever. It's just. I don't think they could get there, but I bet that he's the apple of Bill's eye. I want to look at the trade chart here because the old school trade chart, the 23rd pick for the Patriots is worth 760 points. Let's say Tua does fall to Carolina at seven. I could see Carolina being a team that would trade out, right? They already saw Real quick, Teddy. though. I mean, I don't think what's going on in the world helps Tua's cause at all. You know, no pro day. You don't get your doctors to put your hands on them. Like, if any draft prospect is hurt the most by this corona stuff, I think it's Tua. That's a great point. Just like we talked with Cam. Not being able to get that physical doctor examination, not being able to get the workouts. Anybody that has a cloud over them of suspicion, whether it's character stuff for some of these draft prospects, that a lot of them didn't get to work out at the Combine. Um, Anybody who's got health issues it's going to be a lot more difficult to examine them over the course of the next four weeks sure. before the draft, and the draft is coming up quick. So that's a great point. And let's say Tua does fall to seven, and maybe Carolina is that team that's willing to get out. 
And I would think they would. Give me all the picks you can if I'm the Panthers. New England's future first is almost enough by itself, I think, to get from 23 to 7. You throw in one of those third-round picks. You could throw in... uh, New England actually doesn't have a second-round pick, so that hurts. Right. Yeah, that's a Sanu problem. Yeah. Um, But they have three third-rounders. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested if I'm Carolina because I'm sitting here thinking... Usually, if you're going to give me a future first, Bill, that's going to be 30, 31, 32. Well, next year, it might be 10. Okay, so future first plus number 23 overall and third rounder number 87 overall. You're the Panthers at number seven. Do you take that? Yeah, I think so. Although it'd be alluring to take Tua, too, if I'm them and redshirt him all year. But I just paid Teddy. I'm going to give him a year. So, yeah, yeah, I'm in. That's why, to me, Tua would have to fall to seven. You'd have to get to a team that's willing to move down. I think Carolina in the mode they're in right now might be that team. Yeah. Interesting. Tua, yeah. that's one I that's na- a name I hadn't considered for the Patriots, but now that you mention it, man, it makes so much sense. Just the Bama Saban thing. Yeah, like, you yeah. know, Bill calls up Nick and says, do I have anything to worry about Tua? Nah. Okay, I'm in. You know, I don't need the pro day. I don't need the medical, you know. And Stidham has a good enough season this year that, that he's got trade he value. So they he trade, becomes your Jimmy G. You trade right. him next year. Yeah, you trade yeah. next year for a second rounder when you have Tua who takes <laughs> over. Yeah, Classic. and then the dynasty starts back up, and there you go. <laughs> uh, real quick, there was a big trade that happened here, and the Denver Broncos are going for it. They've already added AJ Bouye, Vic Fangio trying to put his defense together. They just spent uh, a seventh round pick is all it took to get Jarrell Casey, and I thought maybe he was even older. He's only thirty years old, paid a lot, owed a lot of money, which is the key reason that I think he was even available from Tennessee. Seventh round pick goes to Tennessee. Jarrell Casey, defensive tackle, going to the Broncos. Yeah, and I know we're wrapping up the show, and there's many, many moves we haven't discussed. I promise we will talk about every team. It's just too much right now. This is the latest one. And when I read the headline, I'm like, wow, Casey's a really good player. I mean, the, the Broncos have been in the market for a defensive tackle. Guys like Reeder and Hargrave and uh, are getting sucked up pretty quick. So I think they went the, the trade market is, instead. Um, so it makes perfect sense for them, but it's a total contract dump. And I didn't see this one coming is you trade Jarrell Casey, a perennial pro bowler for a seventh round pick. I mean, you're giving him away. I mean, that, that it's telling the world we were going to cut him, yeah. but Denver gave a seventh round pick. So they didn't have to compete with the other teams for his services. They'll pick up his money or restructure it or whatever, but it weakens the Titans. I mean, it strengthens the Denver Broncos. I don't know their cap situation. They must be able to handle it, but it makes the Titans noticeably worse. They must, and you said before we went on the air, there must be another move in the making for Tennessee to do this. Yeah, that's what it makes me think is Tennessee's making that space because they have something else coming up, whether it's trade or whether they're going to sign somebody. And then when it comes to Denver, Really like Vic Fangio as defensive coordinator, putting these pieces together to put the defense together how he wants to on that side of the ball. But with Denver, it all comes down to how good is Drew Locke? Where is he going to take you? Yeah, and came out today they're going to release Joe Flacco. No big, you know, the, the no mm-hmm. news there. I, I, I'm not all in on Locke, but I think it, they're making the right move to go all in on Locke. And I would be in the Dalton you know, I, I think that's a sneaky landing spot for a veteran too. I mean, just that would have been a great Mariota spot, or you know what I mean, just yeah. somebody that's a solid two that has still has some upside. Yeah, just to make sure, maybe maybe Locke falls on his face, and you want somebody there, yeah, uh, just in case. No, that that's a good one. Instead, they actually 
I think they draft or they uh, they signed Jeff Driscoll, who's definitely not going to take. Oh, yeah, that there, did right? just happen. Yeah. So maybe they're done. Yeah. Looks like they might be done. Uh, anyway, we we're out of time here. We're, we're going to keep it going tomorrow. Twitter Thursday. Hit me up at BD Peacock. Tag Matt at Williamson NFL. Matt will shoot out a tweet right now that you can reply to. And I will uh, retweet that. And we'll get into your questions about the free agency period and any breaking news tomorrow right here. Locked on NFL.